Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for On the Money, presented by Embassy National Bank. Hi, everybody. This is Joe Moss, and welcome to On the Money. This show is brought to you by Embassy National Bank. Uh, Embassy National Bank is a national, nationally licensed uh, bank in here at uh, in Atlanta, and with deposits insured by the FDIC. And as you know, if you've listened to before, this show is meant to educate you, the small business owner, about how to run your company better. We talk about a lot of different topics. Today, we have a, a good guest that we're going to be talking about an interesting little niche that she's found that, that I believe is very, very important. Before we get into that, a couple of things. This is our 80th show. Believe it or not, we've been on almost two years and a half. This is our 80th show. And then also, I want to give a shout out to uh, my really good friend, Ms. Gloria de Cordova. Unfortunately, she passed away from us very quickly last night. Glory was a major, major inspiration to me and always kept me, uh, always supported me in what I wanted to do. And um, both through intellect, uh, she she walked the walk, she talked to me, and and she's just really going to be missed. So, Gloria, I know you're listening, so I just want to say thank you, and uh, we'll see you later. Um, So with that, let's move on. Uh, We have Ms. Jane Bishop here with us today. Hi, Jane. Hi, Joe. And she is the owner and founder of TakeTheNextStepCT.com. But I guess it's Take The Next Step, and you had to put a CT on the end to get a a .com address? Well, yes. I actually had to put a CCT.com. Okay. Okay. So it's uh, TakeTheNextStepCCT.com. You got it. She... um, She's got an interesting little niche. Now, take the next step. Why don't you tell us how it got started, Jane? Well, Joe, first of all, thank you for the opportunity to be with you and uh, and this education of small business. And congratulations on your 80th show. Wow. Yeah, that's that's got to be something. Yeah, it surely is. they sh- would have had balloons or confetti for you today. No, but no, no, we don't do no, that. Don't do here. that. When this you is get... all about small business. All right, awesome. Well, my passion in life has been to help people go for their it is how I phrase it, and that's really leveraging who they are and being the person that they were created to be. And I've had the the great fortune to do that in three different environments. I did it in the athletic arena first as a basketball coach and softball coach, and then I did it in the corporate sector. Most of what I'm doing now as a solopreneur business owner, I did in that setting as well, traveling all over the United States, working with businesses and organizations with training and coaching and consulting. And now I have the opportunity to do it as a solopreneur and business owner. So you're a small business owner yes, yourself? Yes, I am. So uh, you've gotten all caught up in all the accounting and all those other stuff and regulations and taxes and all that stuff you got to do? We, all of that has to be done, absolutely. Right. Um, but it's interesting. You call it uh, somebody's it, and that's, quote, it, close quote. So uh, talk a little bit more about the it, well, it's different for everybody. For example, Joe, what what are you passionate about? Oh, 
a lot of things. I'm passionate about family. I'm passionate about financial matters, helping mm-hmm. people financially. I'm also passionate about uh, playing music and writing songs. So those are three things uh, that I'm quite passionate about. Awesome. And when you find yourself being engaged in those passions, what's going on inside of you? Um, you get a really good feeling. Like... Mm-hmm. Um, you're kind of doing what you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And I've also found that when I'm not in those things, if I'm in an environment where I'm not doing those things, I feel like I'm not doing anything worthwhile. And which which one of those types of areas in your life would you be willing to spend more of your time in? Oh, where I'm supposed to be. All right. All right. right. And you have the energy flowing and you get caught up in it and you feel like you're making a difference. Sure. That's your it. Okay. And when people, either individuals or businesses, are looking for that, it's what defines them, that they can be the most effective. Well, let's talk about your background. You said you were a sports coach. So what what did you coach? I was a women's basketball coach. I was an assistant coach on two men's teams at two small colleges and a women's softball coach. Where And what colleges did you coach? A small women? college in Alabama, Birmingham. And then I coached a year here in Georgia at Reinhardt College you before did. it grew into the university that it is today. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So your job back then was trying to find make sure that people were in their zone when they were playing basketball or playing softball, right? Absolutely. And we always worked hard, but we had fun doing it, which is something that I carry over in everything that I do. Well, good. And then uh, within the corporate world, who have you worked with? I have worked with nonprofits and profit organizations. Uh, I have worked with churches, for example. I have worked with small teams within a larger organization. As Mm. an example, the Marriott leadership team over at the Evergreen Conference Center Mm. did some training for them this summer. Okay. Places and businesses in between. Good. You know, people may hear this and go, oh, she, you know, worked with churches. But let me tell you, the churches are probably the most difficult places to try to keep people organized and on task, aren't they? I think any organization that works with volunteers, and that's churches, that's nonprofits, that is, I currently serve as president of the ICF Georgia chapter here in the state of Georgia, although we're based in Atlanta, we work with a volunteer board. So anybody that works with volunteers, it creates a set of unique challenges. So what's the ICF? International Coach Federation. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. And um, I guess you're shaking your head a lot at today's athletes aren't you yes (laughs) (laughs) uh some of them some of them some some and i think it's i think it's um the it's a very small majority but they they get they get all the intention don't they they do we we live very much our technology we have a lot of benefits from our technology joe we also have a lot of things that have kind of dealt us a somewhat set of values that undermines our strengths. Yeah. And one of those is if you don't make headlines, you're not important. That's true. I mean, you may think that if you're kind of looking for headlines, but a lot of people kind of enjoy not being in the headlines. That is true also. All right. Well, let's talk about small business for a minute. Why is it important for a small business owner to be listening about helping their employees find their it. Why is that important? 
My experience with small business owners is sometimes they undersell themselves because they're small and it's a mindset of how they see themselves. So they don't take the time and invest in their team and in their staff to do what's necessary to help their team and staff be the best that they can be. Because if your team is good, your business is going to be effective. The second thing that I have noticed and worked with in small businesses is that they often don't know where to go get the right resources to help them work with their team to, for example, close the communication gap that is so prominent in so many businesses today because we have so many generations. We've, we've got four, some, some have five, but by 2020, there will be five generations in the workplace, regardless of size of That's the business. That's true because you're at a... Uh uh, I hate to say it, but I'm going to continue to get old, and yeah. the way I'm progressing, I may be here for a while, and that means that another generation will come along. That's exactly right, and there's a gap that's being created at businesses of any size, but sometimes small businesses, they don't know how to close that gap of communication and engage their employees. Is it possible to close? Yes, it is. Is it possible to run a company with five generations? Yes, it is. You know, I, I think about how we all like to hear about how different generations are different, but there are a lot of things that we have in common, aren't there? There are. And one of the key things that there is a gap in the conversation and communication with businesses and small businesses. And once they can work to raise that awareness, then there can be change. Tell me about the gap a little bit more. What, what can they do? What, so, so a small business leader, you know, they're typically worrying about where the next dollar is going to come from. Mm -hmm. So how do they shift their focus and how do they get involved in this kind of stuff? What should they be looking for? Well, one of the things is what is available to them that's the best way to create awareness amongst all of their team. You mentioned a small business, so they have five generations and maybe they've got 15 or 20 employees. Right. It doesn't take a lot of time. You can do in a half a day, you can create awareness with using different tools. You can have some practical interactivities of how to apply that. And then you have accountability afterwards to make sure that that is in place. And, and it can be as simple as getting to know each other. Hmm. But that shift often requires stepping out of the tradition, even in conversation. Oh, how how are you? What'd you do this weekend? What'd you do last night? Those mm -hmm. are typical conversations. When you've got multiple generations working together, one of the ways to find the commonality is, okay, so when you grow up, what was your favorite group? What was your favorite genre of music? And then you begin to exchange and learn where each other's interest and their value systems are. Is there a risk in trying to... to to find the it in all your employees? I don't think so, but tell me a little bit more about that question. I, I guess maybe it's a good thing, but if you were to try to find, help everybody find their true passion, I guess they would. there's a risk they may not be working there anymore. That could occur, absolutely. But as a small business owner, that isn't necessarily a bad thing. I don't think it is. I don't think it's a bad business decision for any organization or company to make sure they have the right person in the right role. Mm -hmm. um, we talk a lot on the show about 
a small business owner starts a business based on a passion, based on a need, based on, uh, well, a lot of different things. And then all of a sudden they find themselves realizing that, wait a minute, I've got to now run a business and I've got to transition from doing what I was doing that created right. the business to becoming someone who runs the business. And uh, part of that is leadership, and that doesn't come natural to us for some folks. So what should a, what should a business owner do if they're listening to this show and say, here's another thing Joe wants me to work on. Oh my gosh, I got so many things to work on. I mean, how do you, how do you approach this thing? Is it important? Um, how, uh, how much time should, is it something that's just kind of one of these feel good things? I heard three or four things in that, in that commentary. So let me see if I can break them down Please. quickly. First of all, I heard mindset. How do you shift from what I was doing as perhaps being a part of the business to now owning the business? Correct. Because it does require a different mindset and thinking. When you get to that point, one of the most effective ways that a business owner can do is invest in themselves and hire a coach and help them have clarity and understanding of how to make that shift. Is it something that comes naturally for some? Yes. For those that it doesn't come naturally, can it be learned? Yes. I also heard, Joe, that the time factor and that four-letter word gets so many people in trouble. I don't have time. I don't have time. Well, we all have 24 hours in a day. So perhaps when you shift and move into that arena of being the business owner, how do you need to manage your time differently? Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a technique that I work with with my clients, both individuals and groups. I call it stop, shift, and respond. Okay. And it's a great technique as you're beginning to make a change or a shift in anything you're doing. Let me stop. Let me make a physical shift. As we're sitting here now at this, this table, for those that are listening, we, we have our hands on the table. And if there was something that you wanted to, to make a transition mentally, then I would ask you to make a physical shift, to stand up or to shift in your seat, and then make a response. What the importance of the physical shift does it triggers the mind, hey, there's something different here. Mm-hmm. Let me see if I can find out what it is. That's interesting. And, and that, may be, that may happen over time. Yes. And uh, it, it may not hit you all at once, but probably something that if you're listening and really paying attention, you'll start to see it. Yes, you will. Our brains, we have create, we all have created neuropathways, and I'm, I'm not a neuroscientist at all, but there's a lot of work being done about our brains and the neuroscience of that. And one very simple piece of education that I would say to the listeners is how can you interrupt a pathway to change it? And by that, I mean, science has proven that for every conscious decision that we make, there are 40,000 unconscious decisions going on. You know, we don't think about, oh, I've got to breathe or, oh, I've got to take a step. Those are the unconscious type decisions. Right. So when we try to do something by sheer willpower, do the math. You're a banker. We're outnumbered one to 40,000. 
So (laughs) you, you make that change by beginning to for interrupt that pathway every day for 30 days. That is tough, but I've got some thoughts and some questions I want to ask you about sure. that. But first, you're listening to uh, On the Money, brought to you by Embassy National Bank. This is Joe Moss and uh, your moderator. We're talking to Jane Bishop about finding the it within your employees. And she is the founder and owner of Take the Next Step. Uh, we're talking about change right now. And, and um, man, it's so difficult for a small business owner to change. It really requires, you're saying it should be something from that they're feeling, not feeling, but you know, maybe hearing, sensing. And a lot of times, small business owners don't even have the time to sit back and even, even listen. But that's an important part of what they've got to do. Yes, it is. If a business owner doesn't have time to, st- to, to step back and listen, then I, in my assessments and working with businesses, they are not then getting the full benefit of their gifts and skills in that role. And, and from their employees. Yes. Okay. And yes. Um, we talked earlier uh, it, before we got on the air about the concept of um, uh, good people in your company that may not be doing the job that that's cut out for them. And sometimes that causes us, I guess it's like an employee that has a certain passion within the business or whatever, and they're not doing that. They're doing something else. So how do you, how do you make that shift? Is it, um, is it all about individual? Yeah, I guess you mentioned, uh, getting to know each other. How do you go through that? Once the, once you have the team in place and you're sensing or observing in their performance that maybe something is off because maybe they're not in the right role. Then one of one of my preferred assessments is the DISC assessment. And that is helping you understand how you as a person show up at work. What behaviors are the most prominent? And then what does that communicate with your teammates in in working together and how you can communicate better with each other? Sometimes it's as simple as that and just simply finding that better fit of connecting better. Sometimes it's realizing that I have no interest in doing this, but I needed a job and you gave it to me. And 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 now I've been in it for three or four years and and I'm pretty frustrated. So now what do you do with that that team member? Right. Um, maybe the best thing they could do is go find something that fits them better. Absolutely. If there's not something within that particular business or company, then then help them with if you really are invested in your people, then help them find an exit strategy because the next person that fills that role for you in your business will be more engaged and more fulfilled. Let's talk about disc for a minute. We've I'm familiar with it, but mm-hmm. why don't you tell everybody what DISC is? DISC is an assessment tool. It's by the Wiley Foundation, mm-hmm. and it's an online assessment. That There's different components of it. You've got one everyday workplace. You've got one specifically for leaders, one for people in sales, one for those that want to identify their listening style. So those are examples. And it's a series of questions that you go online and answer, and through their algorithm research, which I have nothing to do with, it determines 
where you are the strongest when you are at work. Are you, are you the, they're, they go by the letters, D-I-S-C. Right. Are you dominant? Right. In other words, are you a, a bulldozer? You just roll right in, roll everybody over and keep on going. So you're all about the task. Are you an influencer? The I are those, oh, let's just have a party. If you want to create a setting and have the fun time and get ideas, you want to use the I people. They don't like structure so much. They don't do well with details. So you have to create a framework mm-hmm. around that. But very people-oriented. Those that live in the S quadrant are steady. They're also very people-oriented. And they're just kind of, they're the, your most loyal based staff person. Mm-hmm. However, just like with, with any of the, the quadrants, taken to the extreme, it can become a weakness. Sure. So the S, those that live there, they'll take on and take on and take on work projects, and then they get paralyzed because they don't know what to do with them. Right. And then you've got those that live in the C quadrant. The, you're in the banking business. You want some C people in your quadrant. Those are the detail compliant people. They, those they, that are they're conscientious. They're, they're very careful. Right. So if if you could imagine a pie with four quadrants, you've got some natural built-in conflict just by where your staff, which quadrant they live in at work. So it's understanding that. It's becoming aware of, okay, Joe wants a list of 12 things in a manual to be effective. That's not what I want. So how do we find common ground Mm -hmm. so that we both can provide what the other one wants? And um, using this, um, I've used it before and we had someone that everybody took it. Then we matched it to what was needed for the particular job. Yes. And then we found um, someone who was, uh, as we called it, a high I that was over uh, sitting in an SC kind of job. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we said, you know what, let's move them out into sales. And they were natural salespeople because they had worked in the back room and were very steady and very careful or were forced to be that way. They were very knowledgeable about the company and they turned out to be very good salespeople. That's a great example. I think it's very important that we all kind of understand that not every, and, and if someone is in that task, you're going to, they're going to get frustrated. I've heard that you, a leopard can change their spots for about three months and then they fold back to what they, you, what they really are. That's that you go back to that default because all of us have characteristics of all four of that you know this you know the disc joe is it it came out of a study back in the 1920s and and there's different you know takes on it and there's all there's also other assessments that people use that's just my preferred i think it's the easiest to grasp you know and learn and work with what i hear you saying is that when you all worked through that then you did something with it that's another thing that I have found with some businesses is they go through the training and they'll invest time and money in trainings and then they close the book and put it on the shelf and never do anything with it. Sure. And then they continue on and uh, they, it's something that they really may have learned from or could learn from. Exactly. Um, Well, some people don't like to be tested or put in a box or put in a quadrant. So how do you, uh, for a small business owner, how do you make the decision that I'm going to go ahead and start using this if people tend to kind of are scared of it? How do you 
It's simply an awareness tool. The more that w- for the employee for the employee right the more that we can become aware of how we show up with others mm-hmm. the better that we can connect with people in all areas of our relationships be it work be it home be it out networking right the more when that awareness happens then you can accomplish change so um in your work with some of the small businesses that you've consulted with and some of the work that you've done, what are some of the common mistakes that a small business person or a leader, um, so-called leader of an organization may make? There are three that come to mind as we're, as we're talking. One is they don't spend and invest the uh, time up front for due diligence to get the right people on their team. Hmm. They they have an opening, they have a somebody apply, and they look okay, so they put them in that role. Mm-hmm. I'm working with a company right now that it, they have finally agreed to take the time to do all the screening to get the right person in that position. So that that's one thing that comes to mind. The second thing that I, in my experience and learning with companies, is the leader or the business owner does not invest in themselves. If they are not, as we talked about mindset earlier, if they are not investing in themselves to be the best leader and owner of that company that they can be, then they're, they might be missing something with their staff. And the third thing that, that comes to mind is just simply recognizing what they have as a small business and what can be done in a fairly simple and cost-effective way to be the most outstanding business that they can be. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that's not necessarily just a, a numbers thing. It's, no. Uh, it's, it's just getting everybody on the same page. Exactly. Sometimes businesses will spend so much time and energy on processes and systems, and they are important. Mm-hmm. But when you do that at the expense of investing in your personnel, you're going to suffer. If you turn that upside down and spend the time and energy and resources in investing in your personnel, the processes and systems will take care of themselves. Say that again. That's a good, good way to look at this. Say that again. Businesses will often spend time and energy and resources in the processes and systems. However, when they flip that or turn it upside down and spend time an investment in their personnel resources, then the processes and systems will take care of themselves. The reason, I would guess, is that once you get everybody on the right chairs, they're going to fix stuff. Yes, exactly. Because they're operating out of their it, Mm -hmm. which makes them have ownership in what they're doing. Um, You mentioned a couple things. and we've talked a lot about this before, is that how important the hire is. I've heard people say, slow to hire, quick to fire. Yes. And um, actually uh, going so far, even if you're a business of, even if you're just starting out, I mean, you should probably kind of define what are you looking for and then making sure, and when you do a 30-minute interview, you may not be able to find what that person is. And I guess that the the test or whatever will help you figure that out more quickly than than spending 
three or four hours through an interview. Oh, absolutely. You can put together a, a clear and concise hiring template is mm-hmm. what I like to call what obviously it's posting the job, you know, when you have a vacancy, then you've got a job description, but there's more than that job description. What is the job profile? What type of person, what characteristics, what hard skills and soft skills are you looking for that's going to fit your team mm-hmm. and your company? And then how do you get that information? Sometimes you do an initial uh, completion of a survey and get th- some of that to to kind of weed them out. Mm-hmm. And then if they meet that criteria, then you narrow it down perhaps to your top two or three mm-hmm. and bring them in for an in-person interview and then put all of the pieces together and if that is helpful at that point to do any kind of assessment or testing, then you put that in. I normally recommend that people do the assessment and testing after they're hired to see how they're going to fit with the team and how to work better together. After they're hired? Yes. Okay, explain that. That's, that's uh, interesting. The interview, you could argue either way. But for small businesses specifically is what I'm talking about here is if you have a clear and concise hiring template that you get the necessary information vetted Mm -hmm. and then offer the position and you feel really good about that person, then you offer an assessment disc or something else because you're bringing a new team member in. Sure, sure. So you may have 10 people that have worked together for a long time. There's a high level of trust. All of a sudden you bring in number 11. Everybody's got to go back to the starting point together. So you accelerate that by an assessment or an awareness tool, bring the group together, and then there is a a higher level of trust developed quicker. So um, even if you're hiring in at an entry level, is it important to go through this much work even for an entry level employee? Yes. Probably more so. Yes. Yes. Because the um, it takes a lot of time once they come on board, doesn't it? It it does. It does. And then the second piece of that, obviously, is do you have an effective, to use the trending word, onboarding system in place and training? Sure. And onboarding is more than the new person joining you. Again, it involves the entire team. That's that's interesting. All right. Let's talk about a couple other things that you've mentioned. You mentioned the word listening. You know, a lot of small business owners started their business because they just like to go get things done but it's real important for them to kind of step back and be listeners isn't it yes they may not know everything absolutely Uh, and uh, they listen should listen to employees customers everybody do listen 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 yes and then another word came to mind humility being humble and then the other one that I that heard you say that I really like was the, the concept of investing in themselves. Yes. I suspect that 80% of small business owners would think that's probably a waste of time. Talk about why that's not a waste of time. You mentioned briefly, but let's talk about that again a little bit. I think that's an important concept. Mm-hmm. If you are the owner or the leader of a company and you're demanding and expecting the best of your team, How can you really communicate that to them and help them leverage that within themselves if you're not doing the same for yourself? Do do as I do, not as I say. Right. Right. 
leaders do not, one of the mistakes that leaders make is they feel like they have to know everything. Mm-hmm. Here's what I tell people. I don't know everything, but what I know, I try to know well. And what I don't know, I'll try to find the answer for you. And you admit it right yes, up front. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and you know, you're sitting around the board table. You may say to yourself, well, that's, I'm just showing my weakness that I don't know something. But in the long run, it's, it's, that's really kind of a strength, isn't it? It really is. And in, to use some of my coaching terminology, we call that a limiting belief. Who says, Joe, that you have to know everything? Me? <laughs> ah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I wait for, uh, you know, you, you feel like there's, uh, you know, one thing they say about leaders is that they not only, well, I guess they have to worry about all the arrows coming from the back. Absolutely. Well, if you are investing in yourself and, and being transparent and authentic, those arrows will be few and far between. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, these, these it's, it's funny how uh, interesting how these same concepts keep coming up and back again. You know, the concept of, like, a, I can just think of an accountant that says, well, I'm going to open up my own CPA practice. Well, you may be a very good CPA, but if you're that good, more and more people are going to want to come to you. At some point, you're going to have to expand, and then boom, all of a sudden, you're out of the CPA business, and you're now you're in the leadership business. So what do I right. do now? Right. And it's real important that people, I think that's probably the most important concept that small business owners can learn is that um, their job is no low, no, their job is no longer um, doing the work that started the business. It's sitting back and running the team. Absolutely, which requires a different mindset, as we talked about earlier in the show. And back to your point of listening, the listening is not simply just hearing words, but it's being fully present at that moment in that setting, connecting with what you're hearing and what you're not hearing, Mm -hmm. what you're seeing, and really stopping the chatter in your brain Mm -hmm. so that you can engage with that team member or be or in that meeting whatever that's a different skill sometimes than being part of the team and not being responsible for the team well one last we're at the end of the show if you can believe it already already wow yeah it goes fast um once you leave some parting wisdom for the small business owner out there about the importance of finding the it finding the it i would say one of my favorite quotes joe is every business leader Then this is a quote by John Mason. You were born an original. Don't die a copy. I think that's good good advice. So take the originality of yourself and infuse and invest that in your business. Be willing to do training, hire a coach, whatever is needed to make sure that happens. And it will set you apart in the business world. That's very interesting. And Jane, thanks for being with us. We've been listening to Jane Bishop. So, Jane, why don't you tell everybody how they can get in touch with you? Oh, great. And, Joe, it's been great to be with you. I can't believe our time has been up. But they can reach out to me uh, on my website at www.takethenextstepcct.com, or they can email me, jane at takethenextstepcct.com, or they can call me, 404 
432-2701. Well, Jane, thanks for the time today. And um, I, I think this is really good information for the small business owner and how important it is to, like you said, invest in themselves, invest in their people, because all that is ultimately just going to help their business be a lot more successful. Absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity, Joe. Well, and um, okay, everybody, that is this episode of On the Money. And uh, Jane, appreciate you being here. And I think it's real good advice. It's tough running a small business. It's tough learning how to be a leader. Skills that you don't get in college and and other places. It's real significant on-the-job training, and you learn from mistakes more than you learn from wins. But I think these are important concepts that Jane has has been talking about. So I encourage all of you to go back and listen a couple of times to this program. It's On the Money brought to you by Embassy National Bank. This has been Joe Moss, your moderator. Another good show. And um, a couple things to remember, especially on on this day, I would say um, it's all about the journey. You know, you're going to have wins, you're going to have losses, but at the end of the day, it's just all about the journey. And uh, every day, trying to make yourself just a little bit better and, and um, invest in other people, invest in yourself, and, and just enjoy the, enjoy the road, enjoy the trip. So with that, um, we say goodbye, and we'll talk to everybody next time. 